This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. I-, I led with the chin on that one and got what I deserved. Scott Owen. There's a mute button, people, don't worry. And Adam Pace. <laughs> it's good to see that you're listening. Starting now. Well, it's February, and that means two things here in Southeast Queensland. It's the start of the National Premier League season across the women's and men's competition. And it also means that we're going to be in for several heavy weekend storms over the next few Saturdays and Sundays. But that's not going to stop the annual Brisbane Football Review season preview. And coming your way over the next 45 or so minutes is a look ahead to the women's competition, which gets underway this weekend, Friday the 10th of February, if you're playing at home. And there's a whole lot to look forward to as Lions once again look to be the early competition favourites. It's James Scott and Adam with you here and we're closing in on kickoff. Scott, can you wait for another season of NPL? I cannot and hopefully the annual wet weather is not as um, damaging as it was last year because that was awful. But looking forward to another season getting underway with the women's NPL starting this week and a couple of the other competitions starting in a few weeks' time. But we're looking forward to previewing the NPL women's here for the next half hour or so. Yes, it is going to be a lot of fun uh, this season. 27 rounds all up, so a uh, fairly lengthy season. Everyone playing each other three times in this 10-team competition. And Adam, it's all, all, all systems go again. Yeah, and uh, look, I, I, I'm back Scott's uh, call. That Let's hope that uh, the little boy is in is the weather system this year, uh, El Nino, because look, we just don't need any more rain. It's going to be a it's going to be a tightly sort of you know scheduled competition as well with obviously the uh, women's World Cup coming up later in the year, which has sort of uh, thrown the at least the scheduling as far as home and away game allocations right into um, into chaos to, to a certain point. So uh, yeah, look, it's it's a big season, and it's good to see the women actually get you know plenty of game time, and because as as in as we say with development, the more games you play. Um, I think the more chance you have of developing, you know, some fine players, you know, to go on to the A-League Women's and beyond. For sure. And uh, we're going to run through each of the 10 clubs individually and discuss our expectations for them uh, over the next few months as well. And look, if you are listening to us from one of these clubs, I just want to preface as well, send all complaints to brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. But I would like to say... Care of James. (laughs) I would like to say, in our defence, we're working off what has been publicly announced so far. So if you're not happy with how we're rating your team, chances are we're working off incomplete information. So uh, that's all I'm going to uh, say in our defence. If you haven't announced uh, your full squad, we might wind up picking you to finish last, like we did a certain Runcorn-based team a couple of years ago who wound up actually making a pretty good run at the top four, Adam. Yeah, I did, but... I uh, about that. I just... That was the most uh, obvious example I could think of of us kind of doing a bit of guesswork in terms of what the squads would look like. But I think I think we've actually got some uh, good you know, good information. I think, you know, most of the clubs, I think both the men and women, have actually, you know, really done a good job, at least announcing a lot of their sort of Kiwi signings and signings. Um, I do have to believe that there's a couple more... Uh, due, there'll probably be a few they'll probably drop while we're actually recording this. So, um, so yeah. But uh, look, I think I think we're all on the same page. I think we've seen enough of the uh, 
of the, the National Premier League women's competition over the last couple of years and sort of get a fairly accurate form guide going into this season. But I think it's going to be a uh, good season. It'll be a high-quality season. Yeah, it was a 16-team competition that year when we picked that South example, wasn't it? We didn't even have them anywhere near the top half of it. So yeah. hopefully we don't have any um, blunders as big as that in the next, next 40 minutes or so. Yeah, well, again, in our defence that year, South we had scoured South socials and found no information on their squad that year. So I was like, well... I don't know. I think I knew they had socials. Yes. Oh, they do, and uh, to their credit, is uh, well, they've actually been doing a good job keeping us up to date this off-season as well uh, with their squad movements. But, um, yeah, I, just, I do also just quickly want to uh, wrap up the 2022 season. If uh, you don't remember that too much, it was Lions uh, completing the... Uh, treble as they won the Premiership, Kappa Women's Super Cup and Grand Final um, in the NPL Grand Final knocking off Gold Coast United 6-0 and I did mention this when we were uh, reviewing this game afterwards as well I don't actually think Gold Coast United were at all bad in that Grand Final either, it was just a case of Lions well, for being ruthless at the end of it as well, and that's why they were the competition benchmark for so long. Yeah, it was the culmination of a couple of years of supreme dominance and excellence from that Lions side, wasn't it? It all all came together in that in that NPL Women's Grand Final against Gold Coast, who have been one of the teams who have challenged Lions the most, actually, in that two or three years. Stretching, they won a premiership in that time, and they were close to making a couple of grand finals, missed out at home a couple of times there, James. So they were knocking on the door. Gold Coast, but on that particular night, I don't think there's anyone in the competition who would have beaten Lions the way they played. It was a fantastic performance, as we've seen all too often from um, Rob Askew's all-conquering Lions side. Yeah, and, um, well, all we'll say is all you can do for a team like Lions is beat them. If you're not happy about them winning, that's all you can really do. Um, but, yeah, quite a few changes across the competition. Uh, let's get started Let's go through alphabetically because that's what uh, how we've got the teams listed out on our signings tracker. And we'll start off with Kapalaba. Coach Archie Cajondo returns and we've got five re-signings so far. Kyla Hansen, Demi Robbins, Leah Miles, Amber Sims and Tash Wheeler uh, with a trio of promotions from the under-23 side. Soraya Downman, Olivia Kamage, Hannah Moama and another five additions to the side. So all up the... We know they're working with about 14-odd players, if my accounting is correct, which I think it may not be. Um, the two big additions for me, Brittany Lasik uh, from Olympic and prior to that, Logan, and defender Flo McIntyre's Capalabar, coming off a down season last year, but certainly not one to be hey. counted out this year. Hey, that's, that's enough about you about down, <laughs> down season Morton Bay, but look, um, yeah. Capalabar <laughs> down season. They fit... Look how offended the mayor gets, by the way. You mentioned down season, <laughs> and a Morton Bay player is straight on to you. Yeah, like yeah they're, the, they're the ones that went down, so unfortunately. But yeah, I look, uh, Capalaba, I think they'd be, they would be very disappointed finishing outside the finals last season. And I think uh, they're, they're some very, very good signings. Um, of some, some solid, solid re-signings as well. Uh, and look, I expect them to be back in the hunt. I think uh, they've got they've got good side, and hopefully that you know injuries and um, you know injuries and sort of misfortune aside, I think that they will they should be uh, you know carrying themselves back in the hunt. 
Yeah, it's a nice mix of uh, young players coming through and experience and a couple of good signings. The players I have brought in, you mentioned, they're Brittany Lasik, are you pointing out, James, scores a lot of goals in around the competition, either as an attacker or in an attacking midfield role. So no doubt she'll be a key part of the attacking third. And at the back, Ro Peterson's not a bad goalkeeper. He's a lot of experience around in the NPL. And I think Flo McIntyre is one of the most unlucky players in the NPL women's, isn't she? had a couple of really unfortunate injuries which have delayed her or stalled her progress. But that's a couple of really handy additions to that Capalabar. So I think they'll be well and truly in the mix for, for a finals place, James. Yeah, it does seem like last year they just couldn't catch a break when it came to injuries and availability as well. But I suppose the silver lining out of that was they were able to call on some of their younger players like Kamaj and Wamar and Downman, and those players have now been offered an opportunity to get a first-team deal. Yeah, and the other X-Factor we're not aware of at the time of recording is that a couple of A-League women's players in their squad last year. To your point, there haven't been any confirmation one way or the other regarding those, so there could be a couple of players coming in later in the year to bolster this Capalabar side. Those two players that were involved last year that we may find out in April, as far as we know, would be uh, Holly Palmer and Larissa Crummer, who are currently off with the Brisbane Raw. So that's Capalabar. Don't, don't forget Georgie Worth as well. Oh, Georgie Worth. She's down with the uh, Newcastle Jets as well. Um, East, uh, bringing back plenty of, uh, side, uh, plenty of players after back-to-back semi-final appearances. Fourth in uh, 2021, third in 2022, and in both cases they just fell short at the semi-final stage. Uh, last year they were just really slow out of the blocks against um, Gold Coast United. I think they were down 2-0 inside 10 minutes uh, from memory. Very early penalty they gave up, but uh, well, they've kept their uh, confidence with that squad, returning a fair chunk of those plays. The two main departures... Uh, they've got May Salazar Kahara, she's gone to Souths, and midfielder Zoe Lambie has gone to South Melbourne in uh, NPL Victoria, or as we prefer to call it, Scott. Uh, the NPL Southern Conference, and there's a great quote from Warren Moon, it's the centre of the universe down there in NPL mm. Victoria, and we'll, we'll be running that gag a lot this year, but this is the f- you don't normally see a lot of um, our women's players moving down to Victoria, so it's a great opportunity for Zoe to go down there. It might be the first of many, hopefully not, but we'll have to wait and see. Look, I clearly think uh, that Southern Conference sees here as their development pathways and you know when Zoe Lambie gets signed to an A-League women's contract in a couple of years I'm looking forward to uh, certain broadcasters calling her a product of the Victorian system I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure they will because football doesn't exist outside of uh, above, uh, above the uh, Murray in, in the view of those people so so yeah but uh, look All right, about that is our at, uh, the Victorian league out That's of the our way. shot for this week. We're going to have plenty yeah, of... Yeah, I was going to say, hang on. Yeah, just for, just for this week. Anyway, yes, you were saying, Adam? Uh, look, I think with these, they're, they're a fascinating squad. It's a very, very stable squad. I think... Um, Obviously, got got some good young players. Holly Clark coming back. You know, she she had a breakout year in in the heart of defence. Uh, also, as well, Maya Bruckner up front also had a breakout year. So, look, if if all all being well, I think I can see them. You know, really so charging. Um, Lauren Askins, another one that I think had a had a great season, and um, the ever reliable Sophie Person. If she can obviously bag a heap of goals, uh, I think East could really be a threat, especially if they can uh, round off that squad. Yeah, East are always in and around the finals race, aren't they, James? It's very rare for them to miss an NPL Women's Finals. There's been one of the like perennial contenders right from 
day one when it was teams like the Gap Dominant Competition. East have always been right up and in the in the fight, and I expect that to be the case again this year. Harkonnen Dixon's a nice re-addition to that squad, isn't she? Kachenko, Coming back to I think is uh, what she's going by now. Sorry. Kachenko. Thank you. But a nice addition back into that squad, really experienced defensive player coming back into that squad will help shore things up. So I, I think it's a really solid east side, and I think they're going to be again well and truly. There's a there's a group of teams I think who are going to be in and around the final race chasing lines. I think East are certainly in that mix. Yeah, no question about it as well. Like they've got a, a pretty solid squad as well, and um, one of the returning players as well, Katie Musket. She missed the 2021 finals uh, after doing a ACL, and I think she only returned for the semi final against Gold Coast United um, too. So getting her back for a full preseason will no doubt help that squad out as well. And um, yeah, the uh, new coach, Lachlan Leong, who was uh, a raw assistant in the A-League women. So a few changes taking place at Heath Park, but for the most part, the furniture has remained unchanged. Now, last year's grand finalists and 2020 premiers, Gold Coast United, uh, they've returned a few players thus far. Momo Hayashi, Annabelle Gibson, Bronte Rose, Zoe Corbett, Kiri Dale and Claudia Dankett. Uh, all of whom uh, were involved in that grand final squad. Uh, Gibson, I think, was battling an injury, but either way, and uh, they're returning a very stable uh, coaching team as well. Sarah Evans, the nominal coach, heading into her second season in charge. Alex Bundelow, the director of uh, women's football for Gold Coast United. But the story for them are the departures, Adam, with a couple of fairly big-name players metaphorically hanging up their NPL boots. Yeah, um, the, uh, the, the departures of Ellie Fryer and Dee Thompson or uh, by her married name, Dee Quirk, um, both, both um, you know, leaving that, that side and they, they, they've been an integral part of that, of the success of that squad, you know, both premiership players, both, you know, probably the best player, one of the best players of their position in in the league for a number of years so they'll be sorely missed uh of the of the they brought in um Paloma Oliveira who um who was a revelation now uh, for, for South last season she she links up down on the Gold Coast is it enough um look we'll see and they've also got a you know, host of um of you know of call-ups from their under-23. So, so players that have also, as well, those players have had a ton of experience at senior senior football anyway. So it may be a case of, you know, more, more of the same. I think Gold Coast United, you know, we, they are one of the powerhouses of the league and I can see that continuing all being well. I think Momo Hayashi as well. I think, you know, if she gets back to her best, they I think that, that may even um, sort of put them back really in the reckoning. Yeah, Momo Hayashi's going to have a really big year to try and take a little leadership role that Ellie Fryer and Dee Thompson, or Dee Quirk, have, will leave um, having retired at the end of the last season, James. And just on Dee Thompson and how amazing she's been in the NPL Women's, 132 goals across the history of the NPL Women's competition for a host of different clubs in this competition. That's a that's a big hole in that Gold Coast United side because she's a big been a big part of that, but... I do, I do agree. They brought in a couple of nice players. I think Taylor Stevens is back after missing a couple of years with injury. But some of the young players, which is what I think they will look to, James, players like Charlie Adams and Astia Neckbrook and Amy Langworthy, for example, have all played a lot of football in the NPL women's this year. I think they'll get more opportunity again this year. I think that might be where they're looking to for the improvement in the squad. Some of the young players taking another step forward. We know Gold Coast, you know, do have a very big 
Broad Academy down there on the southern side of the Gold Coast, reaching into the northern part of New South Wales, trying to find really good young players and provide that pathway. So I think that's the path they're going down, and it's a, it's a, it's worked on the men's side with some players, and we're seeing it on the women's side as well. Yeah, well, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there. Where You can see where Taylor Stevens fits right in to try and cover for the absence of um, Ellie Fryer, who was a rock in that defensive thing. I think the three of us were all pretty unanimous thinking like we would have been happy to see her get a crack um, at A-League level as well. The Quirk, as she's known now, phenomenal striker, like a key figure for Gold Coast, especially playing on the left flank a bit more uh, last season as well. But let's not forget that in 2020 and 2021, she had to miss a fair chunk of time as well because of the border closure and her living on the wrong side of the Tweed as far as Gold Coast United would have been concerned anyway. But Quirk would have... So they've at least known a little bit on how to sort of offset that loss of um, D Quirk up front. And you're right, like you've got a couple of options there that do give you some different choices. Paloma Oliveira, I think she's going to slot right into that left-wing role. And Amy Langworthy, she's had a couple of starts here and there. Big, tall option uh, to sort of lead the line. And... I'm also going to be very interested to see how they deploy Bronte Rose. Nominally, I've always thought she's a bit more of a centre-back, but she did play striker for quite a bit last year. But Gold Coast, their main area of improvement needs to be up front because they were a bit short on goals last season. And I think that if they are going to push for a premiership, that's the area that they need to uh, find a bit more dynamism in. And that could come with Oliveira. Do we think Jesse Rashett may end up back at Gold Coast at some point as well? I don't see why not, but um, you know, by the time she returns, you've already what eight, ten weeks into the season, and that's assuming she finishes the raw campaign and comes right in to play for Gold Coast. It may not be uh, straight away. So yeah, that is Gold Coast United, and the team that defeated them in the grand final last year was Lions FC. And uh, well, the signings which they have announced thus far have suggested that they're going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, but we do know one player who won't be involved, unfortunately, is uh, Mariel Hecker, who I think, for me at least, and I'm, correct me uh, if you two disagree, but best player in NPL Women's Queensland over the last few years. Uh, she's out with an ACL injury, suffered while on Brisbane Raw duty, Adam. Oh, you're not going to get any complaints about me, about uh, Mariel Hecker. Absolutely. That's a, uh, it's a big loss for the Raw. Uh, if she was planning to come back for Lions, it's a big loss for them too, but... Uh, I think the one thing that we've we figured out with uh, with Rob Askew and uh, Co at Lions is that you know when one one door closed for one player, they'll, they're willing to give uh, other players an opportunity. I think this is a great opportunity uh, for Generation Next to sort of step up and you know and really sort of you know continue to this what is now becoming obviously a dynasty. They're they're the um, they're the double treble winners and they will go in the season starting at 56 games unbeaten. So there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure to uphold that, and I think obviously as well with the the extended uh, A League women's season, along with obviously they being particularly hunted. Uh, look, that, we sort of think that perhaps at some point that streak is going to come to an end, and um, and yeah, like I said, will will there be um, signs of you know I guess yeah you know, a bit of vulnerability maybe early, early on maybe. Uh, 
may be the case, but uh, look, there's no there's no question that this is a very very good squad still. Um, and like I said, you look at the players they've lost, um, but still, obviously the players that they've, they've gained, and obviously their uh, un-23s are also have had you know enormous success, and a lot of those players are now getting opportunities uh, in in senior football. Yeah, well, the players that have been officially announced by Lions are all promotions from that 23 and a pair of signings so the 23s that have been promoted Ariana Skiers, Tia Apo, uh, Emily Bowman, Emily Clark and Sarah Bonifant. Uh but I think we do need to talk about the uh, addition to the already potent forward line and Meg McGilligan who I actually think no I don't think she scored the first goal I commentated on for uh, Football Queensland but she would have been um, there or thereabouts when she was with Morton Bay been to a lot of different clubs, Meg McGilligan hasn't she, but again, I mentioned earlier, D-Top's 132 goals, well Lions have the, the first and third place goal scorers all time, now with Tegan Reitig and Megan McGilligan, so it's a wonderful addition to its side, which probably didn't need an addition in the front third given how many goals they scored last year, James, but what a what an addition to the squad that she will be in that front third and at the back, I think Callie Cowles is going to play a really important role back there isn't she, the defence was really important last year for Lions, it was they had players coming in and out, then they had Cannon Cough cloth away for a while, came back into the team by the end of the year. I think Callie, Callie, Callie Cowles, I'll get it right eventually, for the Canadian import at the back could be a really, really important signing. So if you thought that Lions were going to potentially rest on their laurels, they've added a couple of really, really nice players of good experience at either end of the pitch, which will help them offset some of the um, players that are unavailable at the moment due to the A-League Women's campaign, James, and they're just continuing to tick on quite nicely. Adam? Yeah, look, uh, it, it's one thing, obviously, uh, Meg McGilligan, uh joining you know, joining that squad, just it just makes them, you know, from a goal point of view. Um, it, it's, as I said, she, she can score goals. Tegan Riding, we know, scores goals. Um, where, where I'm actually more fascinated is in at, at the back. I think that... Um, yeah, Kelly Cow, uh, Cowles and um, probably Georgia Rink, I'd say, will probably start as their centre-backs. Uh, but also as well, a returning Tegan Thompson, you know, where we're full of praise of how well she played in her stint at, at, in the A-League Women's for the Raw. Uh, how, how much... How much and how far she goes, you know, back at MPL level. You know, will she... she will she play at left-back? Will she play at left-wing? Uh, that's just the one string in her bow that we saw last season. You know, you know she she did score uh, six goals in one game. So, look again, yeah. Like as much as the field maybe thought that they were catching up, uh, Lions again. I think they they are a very very solid squad. And look, to be honest, it's it's all it's their civil way to lose. Pretty much, yeah. Can't really uh, say much more about that. So let's move on to. I'm one... not sure they'll be as dominant as they were last year, but they set such a high standard, James. That even if they fall slightly off of that, they'll still be comfortably the absolute favourites for the competition this year. Yeah, and, and I think it's a case of... I, I still think it's a case of when they win the Premiership, they might... Well, I'd love to see it come down to the last day, but until until someone actually shows that they can keep pace with them week after week after week, it's anyone's guess. Um, let's move on to one of the promoted sides who won the FQPL Grand Final in epic fashion um, Mitchelton so they've got a new coach uh, Alan Waller for the NPL uh, with Tony Skinner moving into a technical director role with the club 
and uh, they've brought back a fair few pretty big names uh, for that side, Scott. They have. Most notably, Kelly Poufroy, the uh, all-conquering golden boot winner in the FQPL women's last year. Looking forward to see how, how she does go in that competition in the NPL this year. Mitchelton, of course, have been in the NPL a few times before, but it's a very settled side, isn't it, the Mitchelton team? Not a lot of players in or out, but it's a very good group of players, and I think they'll go quite well in the NPL, actually. I think a lot of people would think, oh, they got they finished second in the FQPL last year. Maybe they could be in for a tougher year this year, but it's an experienced group of players in that group. Players like Emily Rebellio, Katie McDonald, Rachel Dudley have been around that team for a long period of time. I think it's a, it's a stable group of players, and I think they'll go quite well in the F- MPL this year. Yeah, no doubt that there's going to... Um, they're here to make sure that they stay in NPL, and I think they've got a squad that is more than capable of competing. I think they had a good they had a good squad uh, coming out of FQPL, and it looks like they've, re- they've retained the majority of that squad. The only um, departure is uh, Carla Wilson, who has gone to play over in... Um, a college over in the US, but I also really like their, their the side that the players have brought in. Um, Emily Adams, I think uh, from from Virginia, I think she's a very very good goalkeeper. Uh, I think that you know, she she was a standout for Virginia last year as a keeper, probably probably with the exception of play of perhaps Liz Harrington for power, uh, was probably the number two keeper in that league. So she gets opportunity at MPL level. And uh, Kao Yamamuro as well, I think, uh, as well. She she will provide that um, that that sort of uh, creativity to, to go, not only for Kelly Poufroy, but also as well Ra- the two Rachels, Rachel Dudley and Rachel Fraser, I think also as well are going to have very, very big seasons as well. So, look, I think on paper, Mitchie... Uh, they, they they have got um, some claims. I don't think it's going to be a case of you know all being well, them being you know going, coming up and then going straight back down. I think they're going to you know certainly challenge in um, in plenty of contests. For sure, uh, Olympic. Only three re-signings uh, from what we've been able to gather so far: Julia Duffy, Sophia Cuba, and uh, Tonya Marie Rantucci. Um, Plenty of departures with uh, Danny Byrne, the coach, leading the way. Rosie Sutton, Talia Sanders, Tamara Cunningham, Brittany Lasick and Faith Stevenson uh, all leaving the club. But new coach Russell Somerville, who's made the move from the Lions under-23 side, has uh, not wasted any time bringing in plenty of uh, notable players. The one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how she fits in is uh, Alyssa Cox, a striker from the QAS team, who on a day can cause plenty of headaches. What about you, Adam? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, yeah, look, Olympic... <laughs> Did it's, I just throw you under the bus there? Uh, no, no, no. Just, sorry, I was just, I was just, I was just reading I was just reading through uh, their, their sort of signings. Because um, so, I don't know what to make of Olympic. Uh, yeah, like I so said, they... they they last season were a very enigmatic team. They had, they had the team on paper to really sort of, you know, challenge. But, you know, they, they were in, you know, I guess in relegation. I'm not going to say trouble, but they were they were in always within striking distance of uh, Morton Bay had they have got the results. So, and I don't see where they've actually really improved. I think Alyssa Cox, um, look, she's, she's a great prospect. She's a you know, big, tall player who could really, you know, especially in women's football, could really do a lot of damage if, if you know, she really sort of catches a light. Um, obviously, yeah, a lot of experience in V Popovich, you know, 
back back in in the MPL as well. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I'm yeah, it's going to be a struggle for them, but certainly um, they'll. they'll they, they, they will challenge at certain points. I just don't know if they've got overall the quality to, to challenge consistently. They're a complete wildcard, aren't they, James? Because they've made so many changes to their team. Ross Somerville has been a part of that Lions coaching setup. He will certainly bring a lot of knowledge of that setup over to Olympic. Whether we can implement that over at Goodwin Park, we'll have to wait. And see, so I am looking forward to seeing how Alyssa Cox goes moving on from the QAS Academy system into a senior team at another club You've seen quite often players leave that QAS team and take a big step forward when they enter senior football in a in a more in a senior group of players as opposed to playing with players in their own age group. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she progresses in that team. I do think V Popovich will be vitally important with her her experience, not just in the A League women's but also at a number of clubs in the MPL, James and a couple of other players, Gabby Francisco and Adelaide Pearson could be important players in terms of getting the goals at the front end of the pitch. So I'm intrigued to see how they go. They could go either way. They could be a team that shock everyone and push for finals, or they could be a side that end up towards the bottom end of the table. They're just a complete wild card. For sure. Um, Penn Power, they've also been promoted, and look, they were utterly dominant in um, the FQPL competition last year. Sorry, I just drew a complete mental blank blank there for that. Uh, So far, I count nine announced players based on what we've seen on their socials plenty of the uh big names are back van vegshaw harrington phillips uh sabulski uh the coach alex smith but i'm really looking forward to seeing laney mcdougall in uh in that midfield and seeing how she fits in again it kind of like uh what we were saying with olympic and to a lesser extent mitchelton i feel like power could be anywhere from you know competing for a top three finish to battling relegation it's just really hard to get a read on how this side is going to translate heading into uh next season adam yeah look i, I say the same thing uh about pen power as i did about mitchie they, they've kept the majority of their of their squad uh look uh, liz liz harrington uh team van, van vegetal and libby Sobolski, you know that that uh the goalkeeper and the two center backs they were they were lights out and the same with Kelly phillips uh at, at right back they they were standouts for power which basically led them to the to the premiership and they have added they have added you know jemima had you know a very very experienced campaigner lani mcdougall obviously had, has had opportunities with with uh, brisbane raw so so yeah, so they've got the players in there. The one problem that came, uh, came obvious last season in FQPL, which may really find them out unless they've got a, unless they've got signing still to to make, is goals. That is that is going to be their big worry. Is that where are the goals they come from? You know, Kelly Phillips, the right back, was their leading goal scorer last season. Um, with with Izzy Wood, who's the other one who's now moved on. So, so yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna find if they don't have a striker, you know, lined up and a proven striker, that's where I think maybe their Achilles heel. A bit, a bit like what we'll talk about with um with the Brisbane Royal men's team at the moment, and to, let's say Brisbane Royal women's team, is that defensively they're fine, the goals just not gonna be there. So let's hope maybe that you know we've we've jumped the gun a bit and they've got a signing a two 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 announce. But look at this stage. I think that yeah, that's that's the one area of concern. But other other than that, I think they've got a very very good and solid squad. 
yeah, it is. It's a very, very settled squad. They've done what a lot of good clubs do, James. They've retained their most important players and added one or two key additions to that to strengthen the group. And Adam mentioned Jemima Head and Laney McDougall, two very, very nice additions to that Peninsula Power squad with MPL experience and quality, successful MPL experience as well. And that's probably what this Peninsula Power side lacked last time they were in the MPL. They struggled, it's fair to say. They've rebounded quite nicely. The other thing, Adam mentioned that the striker problem is, a, is an issue, and it is. So too is the fact that Alex Smith will be unavailable for the first part of the season. He's down there currently at Melbourne City assisting Dario Vidicic in the A-League Women's program. He is coming back by all reports. He will be back at Peninsula Power when the, when his commitments finish. So we'll have to wait and see how long he's away, but it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Oh, they're, but they're not losing much with uh, Mick Gallo, obviously, as you know, the assistant who probably will step up to lead that side for until uh, Alex Smith gets back. So I think, yeah, that's. I think, yeah, as we said, I think their their issue at the moment um, is, yeah, the, the where are the goals going to come from? Yeah, for sure. All right, now uh, we are also going to uh, move on now quickly to the QAS, and you know they haven't really announced uh, too much. We have seen. Uh, departures confirmed a pair of uh, departures confirmed uh, with Alyssa Cox heading to Olympic and uh, young forward Chayana Singh off to South and thanks to Southwest Queensland Thunder's socials we know Ella Schultz the central midfielder will be running around for the QAS this year um, Adam there was an educated guest we have on uh, a couple of their key players sticking around for season 2023 as well yeah, if, if um, the selectors for the Young Matildas uh, camp is to be believed, um, that it, uh, we think that uh, Jonty Fisher and Ella O'Grady will be back for in in the program. And I, I expect that, you know, other than those that have been announced already to leave, they're playing in senior football, maybe players like a Tamar Levin, uh, Alia Deverne, who are obviously uh, well entrenched in the Britain Raw senior women's program, other than those, I think it's going to be pretty much the same. But look, you you never a you never know about the QAS. Look, we, we've we've seen them absolutely struggle to the point where you ask, are they being competitive? And then next week, they they come within a few minutes of knocking off the the you know the incomparable line side. So look, you just never know. All we do know is that you know Adam Pangeli, he's a very very good coach, um, and like I said, that the program is in very good hands. Again, it's it's almost a case of look. It's about it's about development of these players. It's a, and it's about the performance more than results. So it does. You know, when trying to formulate where they come in the league, where results is not ultimately the only thing. Um, it's very very hard to get a read on them. And we should mention as well, the QAS are exempt from uh, relegation based on the rules of competition that were published last week. So um, even if they do finish in uh, ninth or tenth, they will not uh, suffer the drop. But you mentioned Adam Pangeli, and I think he's one one of the more impressive coaches going around in Queensland right now. And if teams do start to really give Lions fits this season with the way that they play, I think Pangeli deserves an awful lot of credit for that as well because he provided the blueprint in a couple of those games last year. I did um, the first meeting between those two where Lions were really on the ropes. And I think it might have been Jonty Fisher who possibly hit the crossbar with the QAS down 3-2. And came oh so close to getting a point off the almighty Richlands club so it is going to be interesting I think like a lot of those youth teams they are just going to be hot and cold but uh, I'm sure they'll put on a show most weeks as well uh, Souths, Kappa Women's what Scott? Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Did, did I completely forget to get your thoughts on the QAS? You did, but move on. Oh, quickly. <laughs> I was just going to say very quickly about the QAS. Um, it's an academy that's one of the best in the country in terms of like state institutes. The amount of, amount of Matildas who've come out of that, that program over the last number of years is quite astonishing. So I think there's a lot of young players here we're not necessarily overly familiar with, James, but I'm sure we'll see a couple of them progress to being a part of the Brisbane Raw or also junior national teams at some point in the near future. So in addition to the couple that Adam mentioned that are already there, it's a pathway that's produced a lot of really good quality young girls into into the junior national team. So it may not be players we're familiar with, but I'm sure there'll be some great football out of this side this year. For sure. Okay, now we will move on to Souths after their uh, season, which saw them um, make the Kappa Women's Super Cup uh, final against Lions. And they were also semi-finalists where they took on Lions and uh, unfortunately, again, uh, the Rob Askew coached side were not in a generous mood when they faced off. I think it was 9-0 in the semi-final or something like that. It was mm, Yeah, Souths have gone something like 10 games in a row without scoring a goal against Lions. It's been ever since the first year they played each other in 2018. From 2019 onwards, they haven't scored a goal against Lions. So it's been a very long time. And maybe they can break that streak this year. You never know. Um, I will just say quickly on that. So commentating the Kappa Women's Super Cup final, I remember definitely wanting to get that stat in in the first five minutes or so of that game. And I'm glad I did, because I'm pretty sure Hecker scored after about eight minutes that night. So, um, yeah, that was a uh, fun storyline to follow. But... Look, they've retained quite a few of their players. I think we're going to see a bit more from the Vecchio sisters uh, this season, Kylie and Monica, but it's hard to look at that list of departures and think that that's not going to have some sort of impact on uh, Souths. They've lost their entire midfield to the... entire starting midfield to the Gold Coast Knights, who are in FQPL 3 on the Gold Coast. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Key Catano, Amy Morland, and uh, centre-back Naomi Devine the name that still hasn't been announced so far is Katie Kissel but I wouldn't be surprised if she winds up playing down on the coast as well but those are some big absences to offset but they have tried their best Adam yeah look add uh, Paloma Oliveira to that that list of departures uh, across to Gold Coast United as well look uh, South we always say the stars is that they always have the um the home field uh, trickery of having the uh, the plastic pitch, so that that's always that's always interesting as as a starting point. That they always have that, that home advantage uh, of the players that they've um, of retained. I think they've got it's a very very good good uh, team. You know, good some good young players and a lot of experience. Sophie Rude, uh, Beck Warner, as well as some young up and coming players like with Emma Smith and Lila Utao, Utao, sorry. Um, but of, of, of what they've brought in, uh, the, the uh, Elise and Sonny Franco, I think, are going to make a very, very big difference, I think, from an experience, experience point of view, and so will Rosie Sutton. So, look, I think, I think you know, yes, that they've lost some a hell of a lot of experience in that midfield, but they've they have done a bad job uh, replacing it as well. So, I think they're going to they're gonna be um, there and about. Yeah, Gary French yeah. has certainly started to build these... Um, Gold Coast Knights Empire down there on the down there at um, Carrara and, and taking away a few players from the um, from South James. But I don't think they're going to go as badly as as you pair do. I think that, I think the players they've brought in with the Franco sisters as well as 
Rosie Sutton and a couple of the other players, as well as players like Emma Smith, who was so important to that side last year at the back as well, Dom Spampinato. So they've got some good players there, James. I think they're going to be... I think they're another team right in the mix for finals. I don't think they're going to drop off as, as far as a lot of other people do. I think, still think they're going to be a, a really competitive team. And you mentioned the plastic pitch. It, it's a novelty, and, a, and I don't think it's as big of an issue as a lot of people do. But... It is a home ground advantage. They're the only team who have the synthetic pitch, and they train on it all the time. So it is a it is a marginal advantage at home. So I don't think they're going to fall away as much as other people do. I I don't think they're going to drop off a lot. I just think the the gap between them and the chasing pack isn't going to be so big that they're basically able to get themselves sorted. Um, Trent Gregson, the former Western Pride coach, will be. Um, back in action once again and the final club uh, we'll quickly talk about is a side that is predominantly just focused on uh, retaining their talent it is Sunshine Coast Wanderers um, Beck Horsey Chelsea Scarf a couple of the players they've uh, brought back Scott what are you expecting from the Northerners it's an excellent question because I'm not really sure they have retained a fair few of their players but Rebecca Horsey is a very important experienced player in that side and they were, they've been a really competitive team in the MPL haven't they the Wanderers they have unfortunately lost a few players so I'll be intrigued to see how it goes for them this year I think they're a team who again they're a bit like Olympic a bit of a wildcard team if it goes really right for them they could be pushing for for that finals race if it doesn't go right for them they could be towards the bottom so they're they're another team where I'm not fully sure what to expect from them but it, we've always seen in the Wanderers in their time in the MPL they've been a competitive team I think at the bare minimum They'll be very competitive this year. For sure. Adam? Yeah, look, I think with uh, Wanderers, they're, they're like, uh, they're, they've been victims, obviously, of another upstart program in um, in, in Caboolture, who have taken pretty much uh, their, their old coach, um, Corey Robbins, has basically taken you know, a lot of players uh, with him to, to um, start up that program. So it, do, it does leave a hole, but like I said, what's still remaining is still very fairly formidable. We, we don't know too much about the, the, a lot of, some of these players that will probably come up through uh, Sunshine Coast Leagues. Uh, Izzy, Izzy Woods from... Uh, from Peninsula Power, I think will will add obviously a bit of uh, firepower to that uh, to that side. But yeah, look, I think they'll be they'll be fighting, you know, to to say a relegation more than sort of competing for finals. But um, look, it's still it's still a solid squad, and you know, one one more year of experience at the top flight. Yep. All right. So that's the ten clubs competing in MPL uh, Women's Queensland this season. And uh, why don't we uh, step away for a minute because. You guys got a chance to catch up with uh, Rob Askew, didn't you? Yes, we got with Rob Askew over the weekend ahead of their um, pre-season game against Brisbane City. We we're hoping to catch up with a couple of other coaches. Maybe we will in this couple of days. We'll bring those to you on our platforms if we do. But we caught up with Rob Askew over the weekend about how his Lions are, are um, stacking up ahead of the new season. Well, let's hear how that interview went. Uh, this is the guys catching up with Rob. No problems. Back for another season. Looking forward to the season getting underway next week. Oh, I am. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of short pre-season, um, and uh, yeah, we've got a fair bit of fair few players mi- missing. But um, you know, in the games we've played so far, we've been we've been building and getting better. So yeah, probably wouldn't mind a couple more weeks of pre-season, but happy to get it get it underway. 
there's a lot more time in pre-season, but you're used to being the hunter, of course, of last season as well. Is that something you've grown really accustomed to being the side that everyone wants to be? Because I imagine it won't be any different this season. Yeah, that's and that's the hard thing, isn't it? Um, when, when you've been successful and you've been winning games like yeah, we have, you know, everybody wants to beat beat us. And I always feel that um, everyone has a everyone has a plan when they play us. So every week, it's a, you know, we can look at the video, but they've they've got something that they've been working on, and uh, and, and I, I think I like that challenge. And, and the girls, the girls, I think always step up to it. So. Yeah, it brings the best out of us. Is there any slider on the conference you think really improved that might be the biggest challenge of this year? I don't know, to be honest. I, I mean, I'm hearing East have uh, recruited well and uh, that uh, there's, been, there's going to be a drift of quite a few war players there. Um, but, you know, I... Who, who did, we, we always, you know, the, thing, the thinking was that Peninsula were going to recruit well and then I saw that they lost pretty badly to Gold Coast the other day. So you just don't know. Until we, all, until we get playing, we don't know what it's going to be like. I kind of have a... I kind of have hopes that the competition is going to be, go up a notch this year, and uh, yeah, let's hope it does. So you mentioned role players. A couple of your players from last year were in that squad, notably Tegan Thompson, Zara Free. Must be really happy those two players get their chance at level and really excel in the game time that they've had. Oh, yeah. two two very good players, and very proud of them. Uh, you know, Zara is wise beyond her years, and she's very focused, very dedicated. She wants to be a professional footballer, and I don't, I just don't think when you look at the commitment, the drive, and drives here, she's driving every day to, to raw training, three and a half hours there and back. Um, she's, you know, she's a country girl, so she's, and they're always, they always appreciate their opportunities and they work super hard and I can't see Zara not being successful. And as for Tegan, Tegan's come, I think it's just come so far uh, since she came to this club, you know, develop, and developed her games in a technical sense. And uh, I thought the few games she played for the raw, she was outstanding. And you know, I'm kind of in my mind, I'm resigned to the fact that she'll play A League next year, and and will be lost to us. But you know, I think that's one of our our metrics as a club. We want to be um, producing A League players, and I can't see that not happening for Tegan next year. So she's outstanding. You've certainly been the standard bearer of producing players for the Alligan Thompson here in Queensland. Looking specifically to your side this year, it's a World Cup year, obviously. It's going to be a big adventure in the middle of the year, but for this place at Lions, it means that this will be a training venue. Mm. How is that going to affect the team this season, obviously, in terms of having a lot of home games early in the year, then a big block of games later in the year where you're on the road? Well, it could be great or it could be not so great. I mean, it, it gives us an opportunity maybe to uh, to get off to a, an unassailable start and... Uh, one of the, the um, unknowns is going to be once the A-League finishes, where players drift to and, you know, they could drift in large numbers to one club and uh, that could make that a very, uh, you know, an interesting opponent. But, um, you know, I think if you, if you are planning to do it that way, I think it's, you've got every chance that it's going to be done and dusted by them. And not, not wanting to be anywhere about your score, are you really happy with the way your score's come together in terms of what's happened so far in the preseason? Absolutely. Um, look, like I said, we're, we're pretty short. We're very short today in this game. Um, you know, there's been a few unexpected things. We have a, bit, a long-term injury to Amy Gunston, thanks to a very agricultural challenge in a pre-season game. And, uh, um, you know, we've kind of lost we, we, one player who's back in Tasmania indefinitely due to family tragedy. Um, uh, we, we're still waiting on a Japanese player, so we've been a, we've been a bit short. And, uh, but you know we still have. I mean, we're operating basically on 13 or 14 players, but they're all quality players. And um, the thing that excites me about them a little bit is that a lot, we've got quite a few coming through from our 23s. So 
we're doing we're meeting that one metric that's important for the club, and that is to be developing our players and be our first team. This could be almost the biggest challenge you've had in your time here at Lions. You've always had a really strong side this year, every really younger group potentially. Is this the biggest challenge you've had in your time here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. 2019 was a big challenge. It was an interesting group of players, and it was a, it was a complicated, it was a complicated job. Um, I'm pretty proud of what happened, what we achieved in 2019. This group of players, very, very professional, very focused. Um, you know, and I look back to last year when, when Ish was injured and Mario was in Brazil and Cannon was in the US and um, and all, all the A-League players were unavailable. Our young players went on and they, they just kept performing at a high level. I expect, I expect the same from these guys. There are a lot of unheralded, unappreciated, but top quality players in this group. Just like, how do you scale with your opponents in round one? I haven't seen any. No. It's just, yeah, it's not for one of trying but I've just started a new job at a new school and it's just been overwhelming and uh, yeah so I'm getting feedback from people I'm getting a little bit of input from people uh, South was a was a team that interests me because I, I heard they'd signed quite a few good players so I'm interested to see how they go I think they might be alright but I, I think South and East are probably the ones we, we, we've been looking at maybe Kapalabar as well should be a very season ahead Rob next time and good luck over the course of the season cheers guys thank you thanks and a big thanks to Rob. It's always uh, good to chat to him, as I'm sure you guys can attest. And uh, he's always very generous with his time as well, which is uh, much appreciated, as are the other coaches that uh, take the time to give you guys interviews after some of the games. It's always very appreciative of the coach's second time to talk to us, all the players either way, whichever one whichever wants to talk to us, always very, very appreciative. Yes, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to another season of coverage on the Brisbane Football Review. I think you'll find feature match coverage, uh, NPL Sunday show and uh, other key stats and information as the year goes along. Now, it's time to uh, stick our necks out and do the reasons why some clubs may uh, close the door on us when we try and show up. It's time for our predictions. Now, uh, from what we've been able to ascertain from the rules of competition, it is still top four uh, set up for the finals, 1v4. 2v3, single leg, win or go home. Relegation, 10 goes down automatically. However, 9 will have a playoff against a second place finisher in FQPL1. And if QAS occupies any of the uh, bottom positions, then obviously everything just moves up a slot. So if QAS finish 10th, um, then the 9th place team will go down straight away and the 8th place team will have the relegation playoff. Adam, you get to go first. Mm. Alrighty. Uh, prediction time for the year. Uh, okay, Where are you so getting banned from? I am getting banned from Goodwin Park because I think Olympic will finish uh, will finish 10th. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers in 9th. Uh, in 8th place, QIS, so we don't have to worry about invoking the uh, protection rule. Uh, in 7th, Mitchelton. 6th, Peninsula Power. 5th, Souths. We'll just miss out. And the top four, Kapalabar in fourth, Eastern third, Gold Coast United second, and Lions to win it all yet again. Scott? Uh, very, very similar, actually. They won't win it all. They won't win all three this year, I don't think, Lions. But I have an 10th place also Olympic. So, James, you're going to be on Goodwin Park, Judy, because I don't think either of us are going to be welcome at Goodwin Park after that prediction. But Let's just wait to see what you for the men's teams too, though. Well, that's true. 10th Olympic, uh, 9th QAS... 8th, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 7th, Peninsula Power. 6th, Mitchelton. Just missing finals, uh, South United in 5th. 
and the top four of Capalabar in fourth, Gold Coast in third, Easts in second, and Lions will win the Premier's plate really relatively comfortably. I have a very similar ladder to you there, Scott. Um, I've got QAS in tenth, not because of any indictment on their talent. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, they like their youth just means it is really hard for them to compete week in week out, and I think they're going to have a significantly wider uh, squad than what most of the other clubs are going to use. Ninth, I've got Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Eighth, I have Peninsula Power. I think they're going to get off to a little bit of a slow start and rally late to try and make it interesting, but I think they're going to have to win one last game to secure top flight status. Seventh, I've got Olympic. I give Russell Somerville the benefit of the doubt. Um, and if that squad gels, I think they'll be more than fine. Sixth, Mitchie. They'll be scoring for fun most week. Fifth, Souths. So their drop-off is uh, from fourth to fifth. Palabar sneaking back into the top four. Gold Coast United in third. Easts in second and to be pipped for the Premiership on goal difference by Lions. That would be fun. Mm. Especially mm. And we'll get you to interview Russ Somerville because he's probably the only one of the three who will talk to us <laughs> after that. that. That would involve me getting sent to grounds for commentary, which we know doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Russ will forgive us eventually. <laughs> yeah, just just pick them to win every week on NPL Sunday. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of uh, the Brisbane Football Review. But before we uh, sign off properly, we will uh, give a bit of a plug for the opening round of fixtures. As I just quickly bring those up on my laptop, which is taking forever to load. I've got them here. If you there, we go. We've got them. So it all kicks off Friday night. Easts against Olympic at uh, Parc de Paris because I think Easts are getting uh, some work done at their clubhouse. Yeah, some um, work after the renovations, work after the um, unfortunate flooding that happened at Heath Park last year, doing some upgrades, which is great to see. The game I will be doing on um, on Saturday night, 6pm kickoff, Gold Coast United Palabar, and uh, that won't be a semi-final preview because I just realised I uh, checked my standings again. Souths against Sunshine Coast Wanderers at Wakerley Park. Penn Power against the QAS at AJ Kelly Park. And then the weekend wraps up with Lions and Mitchelton, who faced off in a preseason friendly a few weeks ago as well. So plenty to look forward to this weekend. And now that is going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, James. Looking forward to another season ahead. Another long season. See who's crowned champions of Queensland in 2023. For sure. Thank you, Adam. Yep, thank you and good night. And uh, reminder to get out to the games when you can this season. Uh, most of these grounds are a great take in person, and if you can't, then every match will be streamed once again. So a lot to look forward to in terms of the uh, coverage of the competitions in 2023, and we will be there from go to woe, and we can't wait for another season of local football. We'll talk to you later. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Good night. <laughs>